Welcome to the Real View podcast, where Ohio realtors connect you to innovators and influencers, keeping you with the real view of real estate. Whether you're a broker, agent, first time home buyer, industry leader, or just happen to stumble upon our podcast today, you can expect to hear tips, tools, tricks, interesting information, and so much more from the experts in Ohio's real estate game. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Real View podcast. I'm your host, Allison Wiley. With me is my co-host, Carrie Arblaster. Joining us today is our special guest, Ohio Realtors' own Director of Local Government Affairs, Veronica Cardello, who joined the team earlier this year back in January. So Veronica, Carrie, thank you both for joining me today. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Allison. I really appreciate being on the podcast. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay. We're excited to have you too. It's always fun when we get to have a colleague on to kind of showcase what, what it is that they do for the association and for our members across the state. So welcome, Veronica. As you know, our podcast is called The Real View. And if you've listened, which I know you have, you know that we ask every guest to tell us what their favorite view has been. So, Veronica, what is the best view that you've ever had? I think that's really difficult. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's so many to pick from, but I think the best view would have to be uh, when I was in Charleston, South Carolina, seeing the sunrise over the bridge in Charleston. If you've ever seen it, it's a big suspension bridge. And it's actually when the sun hits that water, it's so gorgeous. And all you can see in the background is you can actually, depending on the time of day, you can see the dolphins in the bay. So it's absolutely lovely. That's perfect. I love Charleston. Beautiful. It is a wonderful, wonderful place. That's great. Thank you for sharing. So before we get into some of the details about what you do and what's going on this year across Ohio, we wanted to give you an opportunity to just share a little bit about yourself with us. You're very new to the association. You, like Allison, were hired in the middle of a pandemic. So you, like Allison, have not had the opportunity to meet either staff or members because all of our stuff has been being conducted virtually. So if you could just tell our guests, where are you coming from? You know, how did you get into politics? How did you get into Realtor World? And why did you want to come work for Ohio Realtors? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, Carrie. So I started with the Realtors actually four years ago. I hail from Western Pennsylvania. And yes, I am a Steelers fan. I'm so oh, sorry, everyone. Man, oh, man. <laughs> that was <laughs> one of the first things. Yeah. yeah, when, yeah. When, when Veronica joined, I was like, are you a Steelers fan? She says, yes. I was like, oh. Oh, I know. Well, she, Allison's a Cleveland fan. I'm a Cincinnati fan. So we can all just, you know, enjoy yeah. one another come fall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But needless to say, I was with the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors for four years. I did local government affairs work for seven different associations. It was about 2,500 realtor members, but I worked with 10 counties and I worked very intimately with their county governments and ordinances and comprehensive plans and whatnot. So I really loved that aspect of the job. And what brought me to Ohio Realtors was the opportunity to do it across the entire state because I think that is a phenomenal experience to have under your belt, especially uh, coming from one realtor world to the next, right? So politics has been a very interesting feat. I actually used to work for Congressman Mike Kelly, 
If you're familiar about Western Pennsylvania, his territory stretches from Erie almost to Pittsburgh. So it's about an hour and 45 minute (laughs) drive. Yeah, yeah. But he has been a tremendous supporter of mine since I was a kid. And, uh, you know, Congressman Kelly actually, uh, well, he used to, I'm not so sure if he does now or not, but he used to have a picture of me sitting on his desk and it would always remind him of like, you know, where you come from. You always got to remember where you come from and where you're going. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, that's great. So did you work for him full time before you came to the realtors or was that like an internship when you were studying? He actually uh, hired me right out of college. And so I did a lot of grassroots efforts with his campaign. And then I did constituent work in his office. So it was really nice to see different sides of the the spectrum. Uh, Carrie, you know very well that there are different sides of the spectrum. But uh, it was really nice to see all the different, the people that you were able to help. And then the people that you saw along the campaign trail as well. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So at Ohio Realtors, um, like you said, your your job is kind of similar to what you did in Pennsylvania. You're doing work with members, focusing on local government, but you're doing it all across the state of Ohio. So let's just kind of dive into a few areas that you are tasked with managing and then illuminate for our members like what's going on in those spaces currently. It is a municipal year, meaning there's lots of activity as far as elections and ordinances and lots and lots of movement going on. So I know that you're incredibly busy. So let's talk a little bit about the Issues Mobilization Fund. Would you mind to just explain what that is to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So it's new to me. I will say that because Pennsylvania does not have an Issues Mobilization Fund, but Ohio does. And it was honestly created as a means to promote realtor positions. So with our Issues Mobilizations Fund, we can actually fund different things like school levies, public safety issues, transportation and infrastructure needs, as well as we have a general application that you can just fill out. Okay. And has it been busy so far this year? It has. So (laughs) I think uh, one part of my job is I didn't realize how many things actually came to my email address. And like because of all the different levies that are up for renewal this year, I started getting all these different emails flooding my box. And I was like, I have no idea what aspect of my job this is, but this is really cool. <laughs> you poor thing. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, what was your experience like managing all these applications? How many did we receive? And what were some of the types of requests that came across your email? So we have received almost 20 issues mobilization applications. And so it's a lot of them are about school levies. Uh, the renewal process for millage. And then also we've seen a couple candidate ones as well, but a majority of it is school levies. Okay. Very good. Very good. So you use a system to kind of track different topics across the state that are percolating, if you will, at the local level. Could you tell us what that system is and just explain to our listeners like how it works and what you're seeing at the local level across the state? Yeah, absolutely. So We use a system, it's called Curate. So when you first log on to Curate, it shows you all of the different things that you can filter. And we have a lot of hot topic issues that we we like to filter out. And so what it does is it'll go through all of the different ordinances that have been proposed locally, whether it be at the municipal level or it be at the state level as well. And it generates a list of all of those different topics. So if I type into Curate, Uh, If I'm looking for affordable housing, it will send me an email with 
the area that it's focused on on affordable housing. So it could be Chillicothe, it could be Georgetown, it could be the village of New Richmond, any of those areas uh, could could populate this. Okay. And so what issues are you seeing right now? What's going on? I know affordable, I, I would imagine you're kind of seeing some stuff that does link back to affordable housing. It's quite the topic right now in Ohio. Unfortunately, it's never really been an issue, but we find ourselves here. So what are you seeing showing up in Curate right now? Yeah, absolutely. So the most uh, right now is absolutely affordable housing. The second most is comprehensive plans. So hold on to your hats, everybody out there. Because <laughs> what we're going to see is a lot of comprehensive plans come down the, the pike and we're going to see a lot of different development requirements as well. So a lot of associations have been involved in that conversation to this point, and some of them are just engaging in, in those conversations. But either way, we've got a lot of exciting things happening in Ohio. <laughs> so what is a comprehensive plan? Can you talk a little bit about what a comprehensive plan is and why realtors across the state would want to be engaged in that process? Sure. A comprehensive plan is a plan for that particular area. And that area can be defined as the county, it could be defined as the village or the corporation or wherever that is. And the reason why we would be engaged in a comprehensive plan is we wanna make sure that homeowner rights are protected. And so we wanna make sure that the elected officials at that level are not making decisions that would infringe upon those rights. A good case in point is putting in a point of sale ordinance. <laughs> That is a very interesting ordinance that people use as a tool in their toolbox to kind of rectify an issue that they think may be infringing upon the community. So a point of sale, for example, is when you are going to sell your home and in the ordinance, they can say that you're not allowed to have any cracks in the sewer or, you know, if you see tree roots in the sewer line from a camera test, you have to get it replaced but it's all done at the point of sale of that home. And so we're actually working with the village of Burton right now to do a public awareness campaign about a point of sale ordinance that was passed late last year. This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course locations. So also one of your roles is to lead the political coordinator program, SPC, aka also known as the political coordinator program, which um, consists of realtors working with our local legislators. Talk to us a little bit more about that program, how our realtors get involved. I know there's been some great work um, done to get the word out about that. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I love working with the SPC. So that's a state political coordinator. That means you are focused on building a relationship with your local legislator. It could be at the House level. It could be at the Senate level. Either way, you're focused on developing and fostering that relationship, making sure that Ohio Realtors has a seat at the table 
with that member. And uh, I love this program because we actually implemented a map just recently, probably about, I don't know, three weeks ago. So it shows you all of the positions that we have available. I was actually just talking with Tim Damiano yesterday. He is our SPC chair, if you will. And when I first came on board, we had about 56 positions that were open with SPCs. We are now down to about 29. So that's great. Yeah, we only have 29 vacancies. And if you go on to our public policy page on our Ohio Realtor site, you can see uh, in the SPC page the map. And so if you're thinking about applying to be an SPC, it'll show you the vacancy and it'll show you the application with your local board. That's awesome. So it sounds like you definitely have your plate full with all of these different topics that we've discussed, a lot of buckets that you're involved with. How do you find yourself able to, to kind of manage it all and handle it all? And what would you say are some of like the biggest challenges, you know, of your role? And then how do you kind of overcome some of those challenges? That is a very good question, Allison. So I believe in whiteboards, the power of the whiteboard. <laughs> so I yes. have a lot of whiteboards that I have partitioned off and it shows you what I've got going on. So it, it has the SPC program. It has the grant program. It has issues mobilization and and who I need to talk to and whatnot. So balancing that is is really nice, especially whenever I use whiteboards. So it's easy to add on and subtract from my list. Well, and one of the things that you just mentioned were grants, and that's a whole different section of kind of resources from NAR that you're responsible for connecting back to the local boards. So can you talk with us about the different kinds of grants that are offered through NAR and maybe some of the grants that local boards across Ohio are considering applying for this year? Sure, absolutely. So we have a phenomenal opportunity with the National Association of Realtors. And I say phenomenal because they have a pot of money set aside for us to be engaged in our local communities. So to do this, you can apply for a housing opportunity grant, a placemaking grant, or a smart growth grant. Now, there's a couple other seminars in there as well, like transforming neighborhoods or, you know, a level one smart growth, bringing in a speaker, talking about those issues. But with that being said, a lot of our associations have that opportunity because when you're focused on community engagement and you have a project on hand, you're like, maybe this is a good fit. Maybe this is a, the opportunity for us to get $1,500 or $5,000 or $10,000 to help out. So we do have a lot of different associations that have been applying. I know the Dayton Realtors applied for a Smart Growth Grant. I know that Akron Cleveland area is looking at applying for a Smart Growth Grant, and they had previously applied for a placemaking grant. So those have been really fun to work with. We do have another local association that is going to be applying for a placemaking grant for a sensory park with one of our realtor members and in the, the, their local association. So I'm really happy to help them out in that regard. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned some of the changes about Ohio versus Pennsylvania with the issues mobilization uh, specifically. I'm curious to know, are there any other major changes that you've noticed with your time working in both of the different states? And if so, what, what are they? Absolutely. <laughs> Ohio and Pennsylvania do not equate. <laughs> so, not only do you get to start a new job, brand new job, you're also starting it in a new state in the middle of a pandemic. So it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. So 
not only have I learned about school levies. So Pennsylvania, they fund their tax, like they fund their school systems solely on property taxes. And it's been a big hot topic at the state level for quite some time now because it's not a sustainable practice. So uh, when I'm moving over in Ohio, it's funny because everything goes up for a vote. And to me, that's completely out of my realm. Like, so nothing in Pennsylvania goes up for a vote. All of our elected officials make those decisions and and whatnot. So the autonomy that you have in in Ohio really need to take advantage of it because you have a say. That's fascinating. And weren't you, you were also trying to figure out the elections calendar, right? And you discovered something very, I didn't know it was unique. I mean, I knew that's how it was across the state, but share with our our listeners, what you discovered when you were trying to just get basic dates for elections this year. So a part that goes back to part of that autonomy, right? In Pennsylvania, they have a set schedule. Your primary is in May. Your general election is in November. It doesn't matter what county you live in, what municipal election cycle it is. Those are the two months of importance. In Ohio, anything goes. Any any county government can can set their primary <laughs> dates and set their general well not their general election date but set their primary date. So for for me to see that you guys can have primaries in August blows my mind, <laughs> and that it can be so random and just you know without any rhyme or reason to it almost. Yeah, exactly. Like it is completely stunning me. <laughs> Let me ask you: Are like the board of election websites? uniform in Pennsylvania? Because here it's very like everybody does it their own way. So you have some counties that are like super easy to use and you have other counties that are more difficult to navigate. Is that the same in Pennsylvania or is it there more of like a uniform template for your board of elections? So there's more of a uniform template. I will say that the counties in Pennsylvania, they are allowed to use whatever they want to use, except for they have to have X, Y, and Z information displayed. So what I have noticed is that a lot of the counties have uh, coordinated efforts. So they've contracted with the same website developer so that it is more uniform uh, in the more developed counties of Pennsylvania. But needless to say, they all still have to have the same same requirements, the same information displayed. Gotcha. That makes sense. I am kind of curious to know, is there with so much going on, you know, at the local and and municipal levels, Are there any major realtor issues or things that, you know, realtors should be watching for or monitoring or or looking for at the local level, which with so much going on? Yes, absolutely. So if you want to get involved, please call me. Uh, I'd love, love, love to have more realtors involved. But I would definitely be on the lookout for more point of sale ordinances, as well as more source of income ordinances and uh, pay to stay. Those are the big topics that we're seeing right now across the state. And so in some areas, it's more popular. In other areas, it's not so popular. But with a lot of different organizations changing their comprehensive plans and and whatnot, you're going to see a lot more of that throughout our state. So Veronica, I know before you mentioned a little bit about what point of sale is. Um, Would you mind to just give us the rundown on what source of income and pay to stay are and what that might look like at the local level? Should it pop up? Sure, absolutely. So pay to stay is where landlords do not have to accept back rent if an eviction has already been filed. A pay to stay ordinance gives the judge discretion to allow tenants to avoid an eviction if all back rent, late fees and court costs have been paid to date. 
So a lot of our different communities have been already facing this, such as Dayton, Columbus, Akron, and the Cleveland areas. I'm sure, you know, this is coming up a lot with with COVID and everything that we're seeing, you know, how it's affecting um, rental properties and things like that. I'm sure this is going to be coming up a lot. Absolutely. And so it, it's really important that we don't have a stance on this with pay to stay. And we don't because we see it, it affecting different communities in different different areas. That's awesome. I'm really, really glad. Yeah, I'm glad glad you brought that up. That's good to know. Yeah. And then the source of income, I know that's kind of popped up as well over the last year or so. Would you mind to just describe for our listeners what that is? Sure. So source of income is a practice by which landlords, owners, and real estate brokers refuse to rent to prospective tenants seeking to pay for housing with housing assistance vouchers, subsidies, and other forms of public assistance. Since Ohio is a home rule state, municipalities can pass laws to govern themselves, including the passage of source of income discrimination legislation that expands protections of the Fair Housing Act. So we've seen a couple of our municipalities already pass some sort of source of income ordinance. And because, as I mentioned, Ohio is a home rule state, they can do that and they don't need a state law to do that. Okay. And again, I bet, well, that was probably a pre-COVID issue, but certainly I think all of this housing, all of these housing, you know, problems have been exasperated because of the pandemic and loss of work. So, okay. That's really, really interesting stuff. Good to know. Thank you. Yeah, very helpful. So I want to give, you know, you kind of the chance to talk to our realtor members. And if what would you say to someone who is, you know, interested or thinking about getting more involved, you know, at a local level, or maybe is considering wanting to join the SPC program or get, you know, more involved with that? What would you say to them? Words of encouragement, why they should join, you know, what they can expect to get out of it? I'll let you talk to them and, and kind of, you know, sell sell the program for better, better or less. <laughs> so if you want to get involved in the SPC program and say, for example, you go online, you see that there's not an application for the legislator that you want, then reach out to me. It's not a big deal to have you uh, participate, have you learn more about the program, see if it's actually a good fit for you. Because sometimes it may, it may not, depending on what your work-life balance is and everything like that. It is a volunteer position, but it's a lot of fun. It's absolutely a lot of fun. You get to hang out with your legislators. We help you hang out with your legislators and you get to do different different events with them. So uh, I'd highly encourage you to just reach out. Absolutely reach out. It does not take uh, very long for a quick phone call, email, uh, text message, just not at two in the morning. Don't do that. (laughs) And it's it's a great opportunity, you know, for our realtors and our members to get involved and, you know, have their voices heard and work directly with people who are going to be making decisions, you know, right for their local communities. So I love getting emails from you. I know we're all copied on anytime Veronica is emailing the group. And I'm like, this is so interesting. It sounds like such a like cool and a fun group, you know, so as someone on the outside looking in, you know, I can echo everything that you say. And it sounds like it's a wonderful program. So Definitely check that out. I think it's super cool to be able to have, you know, such a close relationship with your legislator. I mean, not many people, you know, may have that access. So I just think it's really cool. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. <laughs> it's a lot of fun when you're, you're able to uh, call them or text them real quick on an issue. I know I have that relationship still with Congressman Kelly. I still have 32 uh, House members over in Pennsylvania that I keep, keep tabs on. They keep tabs on me. So it's a fun connection to have. Yeah, it's nice to have that kind of easy access and insider, you know, knowledge and maybe 
not many other people might have that. So I think that's that's super cool. Well, Veronica, Carrie, thank you so much for being with us today. Veronica, it was great to chat with you and learn a little bit more about you. And we're so happy that you are here for Ohio Realtors and you're already doing amazing work and we can't wait to see what else you're going to do for us in the near future. And I'm sure we will have you on as a guest again, maybe after election season wraps up and we have more we can report back on. But thank you, ladies, both for joining me today. Realtors and anyone out there listening, check out our SPC program, State Political Coordinator Program. Uh, We would love to have you be a part of that. There is so much great work to be done. So thank you both for joining me today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in and we will see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash The Real View and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you email us at podcast at ohiorealtors.org. We'll see you next time. This has been a Hubble Pod production. Stay humble.